Welcome to the Great Bass Tennis Podcast, episode 174. Steve Smith, along with Yvonne Osaretz. Hello, everybody. And we're going to call Davey Anderson, oldie goldie, guy who's helping us big time with this, that, and the other thing, but definitely the podcast tonight. Dialing for Dave. North Dakota boy. Hello. Dave Anderson, Steve and Yvonne, Great Bass Tennis Podcast. How are you tonight? Good, good. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Thanks, Dave. We've got to talk about Yvonne's t-shirt. Of course, I'm wearing a winter hat up here in winter green. Snow on the ground. I know you're a North Dakota boy. You've uh, survived some winters before, but he has a t-shirt. Why don't you explain this to us, Yvonne? You made it yourself. Uh, so it's a, it's a white t-shirt, um, and it's a picture of a pig, a cartoon pig, just his face, and the word committed on it. Uh, it goes, the saying goes, uh, the chicken was involved, but the pig was committed. There we go. Howard Schnellenberger, the late Howard mm-hmm. Schnellenberger. The next time you have breakfast and you have bacon and eggs, remember the chicken was involved and the pig was committed. Correct, yes. I was one time in Japan and they don't even have bacon and eggs for, uh, for breakfast. You know, Hiro Yoshida loved it. I went back the second time and the staff, they were in t-shirts and in the front was very similar to your shirt had a, a picture of the, a pig mm-hmm. and then on the back there's a picture of a chicken with a red circle and a line cut through it that's good uh with uh we're gonna have double duty we're gonna go through a quick podcast that's important for where we are 174 then we're gonna uh take a five minute break and we'll get ahead with uh 175 which is the do's and don'ts of tennis teaching professionals coaches correct yes but Yvonne's been with us, Dave, our listeners, for a year and helping yep. me out which, any, any which way. Um, and certainly through many, you know, I don't know, tapes or handouts or printouts or podcasts or Instagrams or podcasts, whatever. Um, he has put together a document. He's going to read a segment of it. And we'll talk about it. We'll go on. So we'll call this one... Uh, our commercial promotional business podcast. Get an F in all those areas. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> Thanks uh, everybody, listeners, Dave, Steve, for listening to this um, document. Uh, Great Based Sense Education, GBTE, an initiative based on sound character and solid fundamentals. Principled by Vic Braden Scientific Rationale, pillared by eight educators, Presented by Steve Smith and an international network. Practiced by parents, players, coaches, and administrators. Powered by question mark and those who care deeply about tennis. Steve? Yeah, well, powered by. Yeah, we could certainly use a chief sponsor. I know there's sponsors. Um, but uh, yeah, keep going. Uh, our mission, help uh, the growth and welfare of tennis. Help make tennis instruction more competent. Help make tennis instruction more accessible and more affordable. Help make tennis instruction user-friendly through peer teaching. Help make tennis fun and understandable. Visit our website, greatbasetennis.com. Our vision, seeing kids teaching kids, seeing families and friends practicing anywhere and everywhere, seeing kids serve and volleying in doubles, seeing more Americans play American college tennis, seeing less ego and more education. Great Based Tennis Education is a pathway that is fact-based for long-term development. 
It's a, a plan, a blueprint, a language. It's a comprehensive curric curriculum for occupational competency. It's a body of work based on 50 years of study and application. And it's a nonprofit project that provides free educational content. Okay, Dave, any comments so far? Yeah, I mean, the, um, you know, everything that you just read and it, you know, the first thing is it's a shame. It's just not um, a common thread between USTA, USPTA, USPTR, um, you know, in terms of education. And, and uh, I mean, that's when we start talking about sponsorships, um, you know, really like myself, I mean, I'm fortunate to have been involved with the information for, for quite a while now, uh, going back 40 ish years and, um, the USPTA, you know, I, I don't even know what my monthly dues are now. And, um, but as a group of teaching pros coming together, um, you know, it's in reality, I mean, the great base, uh, provides way more of an education throughout the tennis industry than any other certification that's currently available. And, you know, it really merits in my opinion. Um, I mean, we should just like put my credit card through to pay my annual dues for, uh, USPTA. I, I think the great base is, is in a much more solid position to do that kind of thing. And if all of us that have been influenced by it started that trend, I think it would help solve a lot of it. I know that it, uh, it takes away from the, the nonprofit, uh, well, not really, uh, the, the component somewhat, but I think that's a great starting point to unify, but also to uh, monetize um, something that could help push the efforts forward because uh, um, what is going on with it is, is, is not going on anywhere else in the world. Um, you see all these Instagram sites and, you know, it's buy this, buy that. And, and, uh, you know, the information that you're putting out there from a lifetime of work, you know, is, is well worth the annual dues, but that's just my thoughts. One, well, um, we can continue. This is a long version of certainly a short version is I, I talk for one minute and show a young kid hitting, hitting balls and talk for another minute we have a visiting coach from Lithuania. Uh, we'll have him on as a guest. Very interesting background, only 25. Um, you know, just a very interesting background. But for him to be here, I think say one thing is that it is a language, but then the, the history, where does the language come from? And uh, it's, you know, you think about our eight pillars and I think, you know, certainly that's in the document that Yvonne's put together. But yeah, it's a language and it's not, it's uh, not something that you're going to learn in five minutes or a weekend, but Yvonne, why don't you continue? Go ahead. Yeah. I wanted to add, as I read his document, you'll see where I'm coming from. Um, it's more from experience. Uh, you know, I'm every day I wake up grateful that I've found out about the information, um, what Steve has put together and the, the network. Uh, I mean, I grew up, I love tennis. I still love tennis and I just never had the, the information that I know now, and if I did, and now looking back, if, if we can provide a better service, a better, um, project, a better, just more, put more effort towards having more kids 
have a better start in tennis. Uh, it would be just so much better for the whole game. Um, so with that, who can argue with a beginning player having a great base? A couple questions here. Who can argue with an entry-level coach having product knowledge? Who can argue with a parent having consumer knowledge for tennis? I mean, these are basic questions. I mean, of course, of course, the answer is yes, yes, yes. And it's, um, it's, it's unfortunate that the majority really don't, it's a, it's a no, no, no answer. Uh, any, any, any comments on that, Steve? Well, I think product knowledge, I've heard this said about, you know, you go to a sports authority um, and not, not to pick on sports authority, but a store where they're selling athletic equipment. And obviously the people listening love, love tennis and just in loving sport in general is that many times the person selling it's 98% people skills and 2% product knowledge. So I do think, and I don't really like to say this as a tennis teacher, you have to be able to do just that teach, but there's also sell and organize. Um, so the selling part, but the product knowledge, if there is a product, you should be able to produce it and you should be able to look across the courts and see kids with the efficient service motion and they can come to the net and doubles and play volleys. But where it really gets confusing is the, the parent is blindly writing checks and the consumer, they have to be in it for a while. The consumer, you know, remember Dave Fish saying, uh, consumer beware. Mm -hmm. uh, I know, you know, Dave, you had players play for Dave Fish. Um, mm -hmm. The uh, he's a retired coach from Harvard, but consumer knowledge is they're blindly writing checks. So the consumer has to be educated in the triangle of junior tennis. Uh, most definitely the parents should be the boss because you know, they're the one writing the check, but um, yeah. Why don't you continue get through this? Um, yes. So GBTE currently offers uh, 15 plus years of daily Facebook posts. 500 plus Instagram videos, 500 plus YouTube videos, 150 plus podcasts, um, five educational courses, including tennis intelligence applied, which is 25 hours long. Uh, yeah. So the, it, if I knew again, I'm going back to it cause I'm still, still shocked that, I mean, both happy and sad when I found out with the information, if I knew all this content is there online and available for anybody. Uh, it's like the late Braden said is eliminate the guesswork. And it's, it's Vandermeer used to say, well, you can make up for the lost money, but it's so, so it's hard. You can't make up for lost time in many ways. It's just, and you know, that's a business that Dave and I've been in for a long time is someone comes to you and is like, Oh, it's a redo. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, the parents, your, your child's tennis, the, the light at the end of the tunnel is a train coming right at them. Um, with, uh, yeah, continue. Go ahead. Steve, about you. Oh. You're the founder. Um, he has a common name and an uncommon tennis background. He was born into a hockey family near the Canadian border in upstate New York. After 15 years in hockey, he has spent 50 in tennis. From a tennis point, he was a complete neophyte at 20. He initially lived the role of the starving artist by working nights, living in a van, and devoting endless hours to studying the game and becoming a respectable amateur player. By 25, he had earned a top 20 ranking in Florida. More importantly, within his first five years in tennis, he was trained by Welby Van Horn, Dennis Vandermeer, and Vic Braden. Soon after, luck was on his side because he was given the privilege of revising a general recreation curriculum into a comprehensive curriculum 
and college degree plan. His students were seeking occupational competency as tennis teaching pro managers. The unique program, the first of its kind in the world, attracted students from over 35 states and 25 countries. De uh, Dennis Vandermeer called the project the Harvard of tennis teaching. The Great Base Pathway was formulated in an academic setting in the 1980s. Lectures, labs, monthly seminars conducted by specialists, summer internships, and extra challenging projects were logged. A process to develop players and coaches was started and has been refined daily over decades. Steve has traveled to over 30 countries and worked for organizations, associations, federations, and companies, as well as universities. His diversified background and drive to help children entering the sport of tennis define his career. His life's work has been studying tennis masters and proven methodologies. To make an understatement, he and his students shine a bright light on tennis instruction by sharing information, ideas, and insights. If one studies the educational merit of GBTE, they will discover that the content is based on substance, not sizzle. They will realize science and logic pave a wave, and specific detailed rationale is presented with clarity. The massive body of work assembled proves that fundamentals do stand the test of time. Go ahead, Dave. I love the fact that you mentioned van. Yeah. We have a podcast coming up on van life with uh, someone I know who spent a lot of time living in a van playing tennis. What comes to your mind with that, Dave? The lab. You were part of that lab. Yeah, I, I think uh, there's, you know, you, we talk about, the, you know, Steve's efforts there in regard to, you mentioned, Yvonne, about uh, giving kids a pathway into the sport. And really, it's, it's just as much for a coach. And um, because not only do we have a pretty high attrition rate of kids entering the sport, um, they're out of the sport before they really even uh, get up to their knees in, in the water. Um, mm -hmm. The attrition rate is equally as high for coaches. And um, so I, I think that it's, it's a pretty deep topic really in my mind. Um, what, what the, uh, the mission is. I was literally just kind of trying to explain to uh, somebody about two hours ago about, you know, what this all means. And, and it's kind of hard to sum up in a very short amount of time, but um, it's an educated approach to playing, teaching, coaching, parenting a player um, that in this day and time really shouldn't have to break the bank for some of these people. And, um, you know, it, in its purest form, the, the, the Great Base would, <laughs> would, in my opinion, challenge an organization like the USDA and even have a, uh, a tournament um, circuit that would make sense, uh, developmental tournament circuits and, and uh, you know, where officials are roving the, uh, the doubles courts and, and administering point penalties for not serving and bowling. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and to me, that's, that would be like, you know, if you, if you sit down and say, what does it look like in a perfect world? Um, it's, it's kind of all-encompassing. From my end, anyways, that's that's how I try to sum it up to people. Well, I hear the term fifty. I also appreciate uh, the the hockey uh, note that Yvonne wrote into this. We're fifteen years in hockey, but anyway, with that, the young guy from Lithuania you mentioned, you were just talking to someone two hours ago. 
you know, he's here to study tennis and it's a, he's been sent here by a, a family. So it's a fun project. And, um, you know, we film his technique and he knows now after just being here four days, five days at the most, um, wow. You know, if he, if, you know, he started late, started in Cork, Ireland, even though, you know, he's Lithuanian, his family moved to Ireland, but you know, okay, okay, refund, you know, someone didn't tell you anything about fundamentals, you know, it'd be like playing a piano with your hands facing and facing the other way. But I told him today, I said, wouldn't it be great if there was uh tournaments you know, for, for, okay, you have eight beginners, you know, you just go to a, like we were at a, a major college campus a couple of weeks ago. It's all right. There's uh, six courts and you each get 30 minutes and you're each going to get six to eight beginners and you, you know, we're going to watch you teach the serve and then, uh, just make it competitive. Um, well, yeah, let's yeah. go ahead. Continue here. Accomplishments. Steve often states that tennis is the credibility business and that credibility means one is believable, but not necessarily truthful. The following list of accomplishments were recorded when Steve was asked about his own credibility. Listed are a dozen points, and there are certainly dozens more. The results are based on development, not recruitment. GBTE is the largest junior program in the U.S. One just needs to add up the number of juniors being taught and trained under our curriculum. GBTE has trained tennis coaches who work all over the world. During the second five years of his 10-year stint, the lab setting from that produced the GBTE curriculum produced more Texas champions from a sparsely populated area than Dallas and Houston combined. Collectively, GBTE coaches have produced literally thousands of college tennis players. Name a college and most likely a student of Steve's has either played or coached at that college. Steve Smith's students have won both the boys and girls national 18 singles champions in the U.S., and his students' students have done the same. Austin Krychek, who started with GBTE instruction, earned the number one doubles ranking in the world. Raven Clausen reached the Wimbledon final. Craig Tiley, who was under Steve's tutelage for seven years, took the University of Illinois from obscurity to a national team championship. Chad Berryhill, who has won two national team titles, one in junior college and one in division two. Jeremy Wurtzman, Julie Scott, and Ryler DeHart all won individual college titles at the D1 level. Steve's son, Connor, in juniors, was ranked number two in the U.S. in the 18s. In college, was an All-American, and in the pros, was 200 ATP. Steve Denton, who was number two in the world in doubles and a number, uh, number 11 in singles, hired Steve once he entered the coaching profession. Yeah, I'll stop there. Dave, why don't you talk about credibility? I mean... You know, you've, you've developed so many tennis players. Um, yeah, credibility is not, doesn't represent uh, truth, truthfulness, just means you're really believable. Yeah, I mean, credentials are man-given. Um, kind of credentials, credibility, it's, you know, it, uh, and I think it, it's, it's not always accurate for sure, to say the least. I mean, all of those stories right there, we could almost do a podcast on every single one of those stories. Um, you know, and, and you have had several, uh, of, 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 you know, for instance, Krychek, who you were so influential with. And, um, but I think that, uh, the, the junior tennis world for sure is, is monkey see monkey do. 
<laughs> and, you know, we, we try to do monkey see monkey do in regard to peer teaching a lot. I mean, um, but they just, whatever they, whatever parents witness at a tournament. I mean, I, I always know when a kid for the first time goes off to a, a tournament outside of the Texas borders uh, and they're traveling to one of the coasts, either California or Florida, they're going to come back and they're going to have seen something that they, that that's going to knock them off the track a little bit. And, um, because you know, we're in a society where it's just win and it's not always apples to apples. I mean, there's so many factors, genetics, whatever, but I mean, that's a short list of, I mean, your, 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 that's a short list of your stories. And, and, uh, um, but I think that the people that have been positively influenced, the, especially the ones that have achieved something as players, I think they need to really be, uh, they, they are key in helping to spread the word of it because, you know, I, as I hire pros, uh, we have 24 now. There were two when I got here. Um, the the player who comes in that just played at Florida State, they have instant street cred. And immediately, um, you know, the top players gravitate towards them. Um, but, you know, bringing in somebody who's a seasoned teacher with a great background and really educated, and, um, they, they may not uh, – have really accomplished much as a player, but they, they have to work a lot harder to get that credibility. And, and, uh, so I think the players that have been influenced by the great base, um, they, they can play a pretty strong role in getting, you know, the, the respect and credibility out in the public that, that, uh, that it deserves. No, it's good. Why don't you continue, Yvonne? Yeah. Well Thanks. said, Dave. Um, video documentation, GBTE is a system of systems. One of the most powerful systems of GBTE is the video documentation that Steve started in the 80s. Unless one is a complete beginner, Steve makes video analysis a prerequisite. Um, the beginning of the journey with GBTE is to have one's essential strokes filmed from three angles. Then a take-home personalized training tape is produced. Technical training is next. In a matter of a few days, a second filming, a post video, reveals dramatic improvement. Steve's library of post videos shows results at every level of the game from national junior titles to number one college rankings to a Wimbledon title. Wimbledon title, I know Dave, you were there when uh, Alvin Mirariu, what comes to your mind when you think of Alvin Mirariu? Um, I liked him. I think he was a very good guy. Uh, the father of Karina Mirariu, who has obviously been a world-class player accomplished a lot more in doubles and singles but she was great at all of them and I think it was a guy who who had a plan and uh wasn't going to get involved in the mess he, he was uh, I guess somewhat similar to Richard uh Williams in that he was just kind of bypassing the typical drama and the mess of uh junior tennis and and uh she was, she was, you know, slow cooking it, so to speak. And I mean, I vividly remember, uh, I can't remember the Andrew, I believe was the guy she used to come out with and he'd bring her out and, you know, you, you did some filming on her. I, I was primarily just hitting balls with her. And, um, yeah, she seemed to be very calm. And, uh, you know, I think that the dad, the dad, uh, probably was calculated in a good way behind the scenes. 
Well, Yvonne spent a lot of time with her content. Uh, there's a clip on tennis intelligence applied all the way to Wimbledon and Karina Morari, you won doubles. Uh, I remember what a program she had. Colin Dibley who was a police officer and buddies with Rod Laver back in Australia. And Rod Laver said, uh, Colin, you should try the tour. And he had a very successful career once a week. Uh, for an hour, 45 minutes, he would, he would serve to Karina. Then he's, Alvin said, you do whatever you want the last 15 minutes. But her, uh, the coach brought her out. I used to have some fun. Andrew, I used to just say very quickly, Andrew, son of a bitch. <laughs> and he would laugh and I would introduce some people because his last name was difficult to pronounce. But anyway, all I was doing on CompuTennis was charting her twice a week. And then I finally convinced Alvin. I said, hey, your daughter doesn't need to see it. Andrew doesn't need to see it. Let me just show you a couple of things. And one was the backhand. She had a reset backhand. She took the racket low, high, low, but she had a very good backhand with the grip and the swing. And he was a, he was a brain surgeon. He was, I remember seeing him at uh, like PTR, USPTA conventions. He was also study, studying the game. But for our listeners, she only played two national tournaments. And he was famous within junior circles at that time saying, no one really cares who wins a weekend tournament in Miami. Mm -hmm. But when I finally got him in the room, she was scheduled to go to Europe. And I said, she takes the racket low twice on the backhand. That's why she has to stay so far, so far behind the baseline. I said, it's not wrong. Borg did it, but Borg was behind the baseline and Macro came up with that lefty serve and it was a liability. And I just remember he slammed his keys on the desk and said, we're changing it. And he went outside and he said, Andrew Karina, you're not going to live to, uh, to Europe tomorrow. You're staying here and changing your backhand. Mm -hmm. uh, but I saw that number one rankings in college tennis um, with, yeah, there's people I've worked with. I don't really say, okay, I mean, I developed this player, but I did work with them and they made these changes and they became number one. But some of the players are mentioned earlier. Those are the ones that really, really started at a young age that, you know, the developmental side. I've heard you refer to it as the dirty work. Um, mm -hmm. But national junior titles, um, the uh, yeah, it shouldn't be an elevator ride. It shouldn't be someone who meets you at the airport. And, you know, by the time you leave the, uh, the terminal, you're driving off the airport property and they're calling you coach. But, yeah, yeah. let's go next on peer teaching. Go ahead. Peer teaching. Perhaps the best way to evaluate and judge the great base curriculum is to watch kids teaching kids. There's something magical and moving about watching a younger player helping an older player. The ECD early childhood development sector is the best group for great base to target. Only a small percentage of tennis teachers are focused on teaching young children solid basics. And with any endeavor, there is no substitute for a good beginning. Go ahead, Dave. Well, I mean, it, it's the typical tennis scenario in early childhood and, and uh, teaching the, the tiny tots and whatever, you, whatever people do call it um, that they, you know, they hire 16, 17, 18 year olds to, to kind of hang out there. And maybe they have one um, more senior person, but uh, I think that's something wrong with the profession overall. Um, you know, we, we are very fortunate here. Mary Poe, who you've met, Steve, she's been instrumental here leading it for 15 years. I mean, I'm watching what she's doing each Tuesday and Thursday with my grandchildren uh, out there in a group lesson. And, um, you know, she, she deserves a, a badge of honor. As far as credentials, she, 
like many people in, in that realm that are doing a lot of that, um, to me, they're heroes. I mean, they are getting people started in the game, giving them a good chance to get, uh, the right fundamentals and, and, you know, they're making grip adjustments and things like that. And yeah, it, it's critical. It's critical. I mean, um, you know, it, tennis is tough. Tennis is tough. The best instruction needs to happen early on and it, and a lot of great instructors need to, uh, um, be doing that role as well. I mean, it, it, the more you understand it, you realize it's really no different than working with a, a, a national level junior that comes in to see you, but has a problem. I mean, it's the same teaching. I right. mean, skills are skills. It's just elite level players are just, they're the same fundamentals with, and they've just honed them to a different level, but it's still a, it's still a backhand volley. And uh, it's just been, repped out and honed to a level that, that has bred an elite level. And um, things don't change. They just don't change level to level like people think. It's, it's what you can and cannot do with whatever it is you're, you're working with. No, I think the way you said that's perfect. Mary, coaches like that are heroes. I know you're going to cover that in uh, the do's and don'ts of teaching professions, but so many people, they just they want to coach the kid who can already play. Um, Yvonne, go ahead. Pillars. Uh, one comment Add some comment, that. though. Go ahead. Yeah, one comment is, I often hear you say this, uh, the greatest form of retention for learning is to teach. And just some experiences as I wrote this, peer teaching as aspect is it's so it's so important. It's unbelievably important. Uh, you know, I started with information quite late at 21. And um, as a more advanced you know, tennis player, um, I under could understand and, and consume the information more quickly. I can spend more time on it. Um, it was really important to me. So I was around kids that were asking me the, me questions. Um, and I would, I would be happy to answer cause I was learning alongside them. And it's amazing. The teacher learns more than the students. I, I, I would, the more I repeat it, the more I would know, the more I would reinforce in my own mind. And peer teaching is such a such a cornerstone of, of not just GBTE, but in general, just, just learning and, and, and tennis, I think it should be in general as well. But here, this next paragraph is about the, the pillars. So below, below are ten, eight tennis leaders of GBTE. Their contributions are the cornerstones of GBTE curriculum. Please note, GBTE is not a closed study. Over a hundred coaches are mentioned in the tennis intelligence applied course. And Steve and his associates stay current with information being distributed through numerous platforms and venues. We have Vic Braden, Science and Logic, Peter Burwash, Service and Creativity, Harry Hopman, Fitness and Character, Bill Jacobson, Statistics and Match Analysis, Jim Lair, Mental and Emotional Training, Welby Van Horn, Balance and Basics, Dennis Vandermeer, Progressions and Group Dynamics, Jim Verdick, Team Building and Passion. Three of the eight pillars have been inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame. According to Steve, the others should be. In 2023, a group of Steve's former students announced that their pledge for Steve's nomination as a member of the International Tennis Hall of Fame has been filed and accepted. Besides stating his appreciation, appreciation, Steve stated that the curriculum he has assembled, not him as an individual, should be accepted. Over the next 10 years, 
GBTE should prove to be one of the best guardians of the game of tennis. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, I mean, all of those guys that, uh, all those people that you mentioned, the pillars, I mean, um, it's, it's scary and it's kind of sad to think of uh, how uh, the generations that are going through the sport right now um, know so little about the history of the game in general, let alone um, how few of the people coaching the sport really have been impacted or, or not been impacted, but how, how much awareness they have of these, these and others that have, uh, that have really paved the way in the coaching for, for tennis teachers, tennis coaches. And I think it, um, paying tribute to it is so, so important. Um, and that's what I always loved about Roger Federer. I mean, he, he was so in touch with the history of the game and he was so, respectful of the history of the game. And, and, uh, I think that, um, we are fighting a society that, you know, it's, you know, we use the word sizzle versus substance and, and it, it, it has to be sexy sizzle. I mean, it, it has to really, really, really be something now to, to grab people's attention. And, but these guys are brilliant. And, uh, Undoubtedly, the, the, the key thing out of all of that is how great base and the initiative of, of what it's trying to do being a guardian of the game of tennis because the game of tennis is under attack right now um, from uh, other racket sports, et cetera. And we have a responsibility to grow it. And you know, we can't just uh, continue along as we have and, and expect something to, to change. I mean, it, nothing will change till something changes. And, and, uh, I really, really believe that, I mean, it could, it could evolve into, I mean, I don't want to cause any problems for anybody, but it could evolve into a rival organization for all of those acronyms that I, or all those, uh, names that I threw out USTA, USPTA, PTR, it, it could work in harmony with them too, but it, um, it has a better core interest. It, 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 the interest of the game, I believe if people really look at what's wrong with tennis, it, the great base it, it has a lot of solutions for it. So money, money, who has to go? Money's the root of all evil. Um, I think it's great that people are finding a way to exercise through pickleball but the USPTA and the PTR, you know, I, I've been a member a long, long time. I know you have, and um, they, it just doesn't make sense to me that overnight both organizations became pickleball organizations. And yeah. I remember Chuck Gale, I talked to him briefly at the US Open one year, and he said, pickleball, they should leave it alone and let it just remain a casual sport. Um you know, again, that's just one comment in general, but with pickleball, um, you know, fair enough, but how can overnight these tenant, these governing bodies of tennis become a pickleball organization? And I mean, you know, convince me otherwise. And I do know, okay, the pros have to make a living. And I know pros here at the resort where they do both pickleball lessons and tennis lessons. I, I, I get that. But with, um, you know, even the former players that are, 
you know, we were at a challenger not too long ago and covered it in a podcast and I just, some, some players have jumped ship and they're playing, playing pickleball and, um, yeah. What about, you know, the, the guardians of the game is it, uh, you know, what's this doing for tennis? Um, you know, I like the, the, the phrase pickleball is invading tennis facilities. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's here ahead. to stay, you know, I was just saying it's, it's definitely here to stay. And, uh, you know, we, we have to be aware that there's a lot of work to do. Those of us that are in the tennis industry, I mean, we, we have a lot of work to do and it's, 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 for, for uh, the first, the first uh, solutions. Go uh, ahead. Yeah. The first uh, thing that comes to my mind all the time with pickleball is, Hey, don't, don't make it up. Don't wing it. Don't, don't go out there. Like you're an expert in pickleball. You, you, you just transferred from tennis. You just started playing. I mean, don't be a con artist. I mean, WC fields, uh, suckers born every minute, but people that are playing pickleball, there are some differences. Um, that what should happen is you're going to teach tennis strokes using bigger body parts. So yeah, there's prevention of injury. I do hear some things where it's, uh, it makes me chuckle that tennis and ping pong had a baby it's called pickleball, <laughs> but the, um, yeah, go ahead, Yvonne. One thing to add is, um, with the pillars in the history, um, if you don't know the history of the game, you don't really know your sport. Let me say that again. If you don't know the history of your sport, you don't really know your sport. Being around you, Steve, I've heard you say that a lot. And the deeper you dive into the history, really, the greater the appreciation you have for the information and um, really the sport itself. So I wanted to add that. With USPTA and PTR, Steve has been a member of both organizations for over 40 years. He also served as a tester for both organizations. The academic program he led in the 80s broke records for most new members tested. He highly recommends that aspiring tennis teaching professionals join both organizations, especially those residing in the U.S. He also recommends that each member at least supplement their instructional programs by studying GBTE content. He justifies his statement because neither the PTR nor USPTA delivers the combination of Braden, Vandermeer, and Van Horn. Yeah, I, I mean, there's no doubt it. It, you know, going back to something that was said uh, in regard to the, the pillars that kind of ties in with that is this isn't like it's a static project either. Um, you know, I always refer to being around luckily in the 80s when you were running the program. and um, But it's not like it's just been static. It's not, I mean, the, the, the core principles, the science, the logic, some of these things, um, they're never going to change. I, I mean, uh, when my grandkids are my age, they're they're going to be still relevant, still pertinent, and still um, critical to athletic development in this sport. But um, I think that it's important that listeners realize, um, you know, nobody really has a more open mind than you in regard to receiving knowledge and, and ideas and information. And that's really how this all came about. This is how the, this is how this has all come about, and and it's not like it is um, only tied into those people and um, has remained static. It's been uh, a constant. Uh, I think you use the word re revision or you know things 
we're always looking for ways to improve. I mean, it's, it's about continuous improvement in it, but the fundamental parts of it, I mean, there's just, they are what they are. As long as I, if I threw my Mountain Dew can, well, I don't ginger ale now, <laughs> but if I threw it up in the air and, and, uh, you know, it coming down, I mean, the, the, the a lot, a, that's really what we're basing it on physical laws, science, and, and, uh, you know, some people, struggle to, to I think accept that um, that is that, that this isn't about opinion this isn't what Steve Smith thinks or the great base or whatever it's just physical laws no, that's well put thanks I, I like what Yvonne wrote uh, certainly there was that lab um, in the 1980s but refined daily for decades yeah that was what it was yeah. So when he wrote that, it's so true. Is it, uh, you know, knowledge is great and the application of knowledge is greater, but you know, I like the, the expression that you can't imitate before you innovate. And that's where, you know, the, the website, or I should say www, uh, the internet, uh, it's a crisis that everybody's an expert. And I've said for years now, it makes no sense for everybody to put up their two cents. And over overnight, uh, this coach visiting from Lithuania, I said, yeah, this is how it works. I mean, why are we a nonprofit? Well, lots of reasons. Um, certainly don't want to be someone who says, I, I have severed s- seven secrets on the serve. The secret is there are no secrets. But here are four of them. If you want the other three, give me your credit card and we'll send them to you by midnight. And it's like, come on. I, I do think that, you know, people should be paid for their time and coaches should be paid. But I, I just... I have a problem with, uh, you know, people, well, I'm not going to even get step on the court. And, you know, somebody who lives a thousand miles away, um, you know, they're going to send me a fee for doing a, a remote video voiceover versus, you know, what about the kid that lives right across the street? What about the people in your neighborhood? You know, become a, it's like speaking pillar, become a pillar in your community. Yvonne? Yes, to add a... Uh... Dave, you said it well. As long as the tennis court stays the same and the physical laws of the universe don't change, uh, information the facts are going to stay the facts. And again, I keep coming back to this, but I wish I knew. I wish I knew. GBTE board members. Um, the minimum number of names was submitted for application purposes. Candidates with skill, influence, and expertise need to be asked to serve as GBTE board members. Steve, what are, you, what are your thoughts on board members? Well, um, with, uh, like today, you know, we have, uh, this coach from Lithuania, it's a, it's kind of a light week for us. We have a young girl from Canada here with her parents. We've worked with many times. Um, but for us, the way we work is if we have, Yvonne knows as well, if we have two or we have 22, it's the same thing because we do immersion, you know, we, that's just how we do it. We're okay. We will meet and, and, and. It's, it's not a private lesson. We do video work. We do classroom work. Um, so no, we need to circle back and, um, you know, I think that you've wrote this somewhere in this, maybe you haven't been read yet, that how's it go? My, my strength is my weakness is that, um, you know, we're not really, Yvonne and I are doing this, that, and the other thing, and we're making some progress, but we need help in managing the great base. And that's where we need to raise a, a few a few dollars, not anything uh, 
Um, I think that you also wrote in this, I read this exorbitant, but yeah, I want to keep reading. Go ahead. Yeah. GBTE volunteers. Supporters need to donate time to provide services for GBTE. The workforce needs to be led by a full-time paid staff member. Yeah. One, one thought on that is that the network is in place. Say if we're at podcast 174, we haven't done show notes. We haven't taken, uh, people are busy. We haven't taken little excerpts from uh, these podcasts and put them on Instagram. And, you know, we, we have a pretty good idea that what we're not doing. Mm-hmm. Um, tennis intelligence applied went up, uh, I think 17, 18 years ago. And everybody knows that I'm not a technological expert, but I've been around a lot of discussions on, uh, internet ed- education and, um, but there's so many things that the volunteers can do, but we need to have a little, uh, larger in-house workforce to get things accomplished. Why don't you continue? Yes. Uh, Great base support staff. Most importantly, funds need to be need to be raised. So you just mentioned that, Steve. Uh, we'll go get into the, the the numbers here. I have a section on that. Great base faculty. Ideally, enough funds could be raised to pay a few individuals to serve part time roles. For example, Steve has um, discussed this matter with Dave, you, um, Andy Fitzell, Raven Clausen, and Matt Clore. Needless to say, there are many, many other worthy candidates. GBTE already has a powerful team in place. Yeah, one comment on that. Um, say with uh, Raven, he just retired. He was on a as a guest a second time, and um, listeners just have to go back and um, go through that podcast. With everyone's busy, but organization. Say, for example, uh, the, the course tennis intelligence applied. You know, to just have some new segments of that reproduced, you know, for brevity and clarity with uh, just having a, a greater reach. Um, but I, I like how it you know, does mention, uh, because I talked to you and Andy, Raven and Matt about this, but uh, there's many, many other worthy candidates. Um, we already have this powerful team in place. You know, we, we have uh, people that, but they're, everybody's busy. Everybody gets up and, and I think that's also great that people are busy and they're taking care of the students that are right in front of them. I do think that most of us would agree that, okay, we're doing A, but there's B that I would like to do. It's so busy, especially people, you know, that are married with children. Um, I told this young coach visiting today, um, you know, he's freelancing and he's traveling all over the world doing these different projects. But, you know, once uh, someone settles down, it's a different different deal, but... Uh, any comments, Dave, on the powerful team? Yeah, I mean, there's a network out there that's unbelievable. And uh, players, coaches, um, yeah, I mean, on a, on a smaller scale, that's almost like when I listen to this, it's, it's describing my life here. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like uh, a full-time, well-paid administrator would be the greatest gift in the world that could land, uh, in my, in my life. And, uh, but on a, on a much bigger scale for the great base, I mean, it, uh, there, there needs to be the resources that are generated somehow to be able to, like you said, I mean, make things relevant. It's like that, um, book that we have that we that manual that we have that training manual i mean a a parent took it i think 
one of the kids took it and mailed it to you, Steve, recently, the revision. Um, but a parent just said, hey, you know, your old one has words like VHS in it. <laughs> and uh, and so I, I said that I know I said, but I I don't know what to do. And, you know, it and we we need new pictures and things like that. And so, yeah, keeping keeping things sharp and crisp and but it just doesn't happen without uh, um, strong, strong administration. And um, we need legs for legs and backs. You know, that's really what most great tennis operations need legs and backs. With, uh, you know, even people wanting to volunteer time and having that organized with um, a directory. Um, and then also too, is that, you know, the great base, uh, you know, I think say, you know, a current crop of uh, parents today, um, you know, they, you know, you know they, they would get it if it was explained to them. This goes back, you know, decades. I mean, there's so many people that have been involved. Uh, so many lives have been touched. But this this latter part that you put together, Yvonne, is more about the business part. Why don't you continue? Yes. Uh, here, this next part about um, GBTE fundraising. So GBTE has not generated any funds or, uh, for services or goods. GBTE became a 501c3, a tax-exempt organization, in September of 2022. And through the first three quarters of 2023, uh, $4,471 was raised. GBTE was, uh, has functioned on Steve's income and efforts. Fellow co-workers have also contributed their efforts. GBTE aspires to be a tennis organization that truly helps people in tennis. A goal of having a roster of a thousand supporters donating $10 a month was launched. The goal would generate $120,000 per year. Thus far, the number of roster supporters is 28. The number does not reflect the size of our current reach and certainly indicates the need to focus on fundraising. GBTE also needs a chief sponsor, one who would even consider supporting our Cause is a pilot project to allow us to further prove our worthiness and the positive impact that would certainly unfold. I think it goes to my mind, uh, and I know it could be done for less money, but I paid $12,000 to have Great Base Tennis Education become a nonprofit. And the lawyer, uh, Jane Callahan, said, I don't really think you should do this. And uh, she knew my age and, and such, and she said, you should just sell the content. She said, it's going to take so much effort to raise money to have it be a fundraiser. And it really comes back to my time, so much time, decades with Vic Braden. There needs to be a plan and it, the, the torch needs to be continued. You know, these pillars from the past, um, really the great base in, in one compound word, it's homework with uh, the number 28, I think if you gave me 28 minutes, I could name 280 people that are making six figures a year that I train to teach tennis. So, but, it, you know, I always stated Yvonne, okay, you know, my fault first, it's, you know, we're working together, doing things. Okay. My fault first. And, um, you know, we, we, I should use the pronoun. I, I really haven't focused on, um, fundraising, but we, we need to, um, we, we need to, um, why don't you continue Yvonne? Of course, GBTE currently. Steve pays one coworker $48,000 annually. He also covers room and board as well as miscellaneous fees. Steve also covers costs for equipment, operating fees, and any additional expenses. 
Of the $10,432 raised in all of 2023, 4,430 of them have been spent. From a financial standpoint, GBTE is at ground level zero. We uh, have to mention that uh, Yvonne is a uh, coworker at $48,000 a year. That, that, that is me. That is me. I think it, you know, it works out to about $1.18 an hour, so he's a little overpaid. Uh, <laughs> but uh, why don't you keep going? Steve's strength is his weakness. He continues to teach full-time and has little time for off-court work. As at the time of writing this, uh, Steve has 17 personalized videos to produce, and this is on top of his day-to-day -day teaching. Okay, next one is paint a picture. This should be interesting. Yeah, I, I heard you tell a story one time, and you helped me with this beginning part here. To describe the current status of GBTE, Steve describes this story. A person walks into an accountant's office with a shoebox of papers. There are at least 50 pieces of paper. Each paper has one word or one phrase written on it. Each word or phrase represents a key component of GPTE. The list goes something like this. History, established network, art, science, experience, results, facts, proof, cause, affordability, accessibility, wholesomeness, humility, trust, knowledge, packaging, delivery, accountability, filming, editing, producing, respect, and much, much more. The accountant seeks help. A team is unified and GBTE becomes streamlined and efficient. Tennis and tennis people are helped, especially young children. Thank you. Um, with, uh, speaking of money, First year, the, the course went up. Tennis Intelligence Applied made $50,000, give or take. No marketing, it was just put up. Second, third year, $25,000 each. So it made $100,000. Then I was a guest, a tennis parent, and I went to a course uh, put on by the Shark Tank. Yeah, Shark Tank. And they asked me about my internet business. I said, well, I had a course up. I still have it up, but now it's up for free. The gentleman running the course said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> but, but with that, um, I, I really believe that uh, money, tennis has become a, become a money grab. I think every tennis teacher, it's like, okay, what are you individually? You know, we can all throw shots at, uh, say, the USTA. I mean, there are a lot of great people, a lot of great causes, great efforts. And, you know, okay, let's beat up the USTA. But when people start doing that, I'd like to say, okay, what are you doing individually? You know, what, what are you doing? Um, and um, with, uh, there, there should be a way. Um, when I went to a, this board, a boarding school in New Hampshire, the biggest crime was plagiarism. They, we would sit in a room in the beginning of every year. And I mean, I think there was a, a drug problem on campus for sure. And I don't think I know, but it was that you would be kicked out of school if there was plagiarism. And, mm -hmm. and I just think that giving credit where credit's due, education is sharing. And I, I think there's, uh, Yvonne wrote this in one, I saw where it was uh, tennis needs less, less ego and more education. Um, but go ahead, Dave, any comments? Well, I mean, yeah, it, I, I've, I've certainly taken a few shots at the USTA. I, I'm guilty. Um, oh, I took some today. But, uh, I mean, uh, with, yeah. Uh, 
Right. But better, I, yet, I, better yet, I, I heard I heard some today um, with you know. But you and I have for years worked with players who have been cherry picked. With uh, yeah, you know, you, and it, you know, yeah. I I just think we I think that there's a huge, huge, huge opportunity if we could get some of the governing bodies and and some of the the teaching pro or teaching organizations to to utilize the content because we have to grow the game of tennis and we have to solidify that. I mean, really quick here. I just, I, I'm such a gut instinct person, Steve, you know that my brain type and I, I feel that the game of tennis needs uh, immediate, immediate help. And if we don't get it, that, you know, the, the, the next generations, it, it may not happen in our lifetime, but the, the future generations in the sport aren't going to know the sport as we know it. And, and so I think it's, it's, it's in, it's, it's the great base offers a solution for all that. Anyway, Yvonne wrote, going back to page one, uh, growth and welfare of tennis. Um, uh, my brother wrote 10 hockey books. I gave him a hard time. He didn't dedicate the first one to anyone. And the second one, Dedicated, I think, to my or our grandfather for buying his first pair of hockey clothes. And I think the third book was uh, dedicated to my father. It gets emotional just saying is that he understood the, the true meaning of youth hockey, which is participation. Uh, you know, these guys and gals, mostly guys that are at weekend tournaments and they're the merchant of flesh and it's recruitment. And, you know, we people follow these podcasts. We need more first base coaches. Um making tennis instruction more competent. Um, you could totally wing it, but you know, whether it was having three older brothers or coming from ice hockey, I wasn't going to uh, get into tennis and, and just start teaching tennis, you know, that paying the dues. I know we're, we're going to address that uh, with the tennis teachers here in a minute on an, instead of start another segment, but um, yeah, the money grab, having kids teach kids, um, you know, certainly, you know, going down and where he has his vision, more American players. You know, he's heard me say that time after time, more American kids. I'm all for foreign players coming over because it lifts the level of play, but to have more American kids playing American college tennis, um, you know, really, you know, I, I really like college tennis, but in a lot of ways, the players are, especially now with, uh, I know I labeled it the wrong way the other day. Uh, um, NIL, what's that called? The names, image, and, and I own like likeness. Yeah. I said licensing, but I heard fact checker Andres Barbosa helped was helped me with that. But um, but you know, in college tennis, uh, you know, it's there's something really disturbing about an 18 year old going on their five visits, and the, the coaches are laying it out what they're going to give them and how nice these facilities are, and um, and they're buying their players. Um, you know, with mm -hmm. that's that's recruiting. Um, but we, we really need a shot in all fairness to college tennis. Okay. I'm okay with that, but these academies where they have the backroom deal, you know, obviously there needs to be pre-academies. You know, most people are, they have, there's no reason for people to go to academies. And um, so people are looking at tennis and they're just getting priced out of it. You know, like how much it costs to play tournaments. I mean, so many things have been said in this podcast where parents you know, they should boycott tennis and you know, the parents would say, okay, we're just going to have our, our own circuit. But then one gentleman said to me, uh, well, some parents would like that because the, the tournaments would be weaker. 
and then their kid would <laughs> win the two inch trophy. Um, mm-hmm. With um, John Embry, he's re- t- retired now, uh, lifetime in Tennessee. He was with the USPTA, nice man. I didn't know him very well, but I, I flew to Florida to meet with him. Uh, it wasn't when I was living in Florida at the time. I was doing a project with uh, Tennis Memphis. And I said, you know, Mark Twain, there's, if there's 15,000 members of the USPTA, I can learn from each and every one of them. But I said, here are three points that uh, not too many people within the whole organization, it would be some Bradenisms, like say, you know, 19.1 degrees or spin the racket eight times. And every time you change your racket by one bevel, it's 45 degrees. And you go on and on with, you know, those, you know, fact-based pearls. And at that time, I said, well, um, we, you know, I'd like to have a, a annual at the national campus, have an annual Vic Braden course mm-hmm. and any of the, the monies could go to his widow, Melody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, and he, what he said, well, why don't you present that to the board? Then right after that, the pandemic happened and, um, you know, everyone gets so busy, but, um, I really think as far as, uh, control the control is, is that we really don't need to raise a significant amount of money, but, we need to be able to do that on our own accord because then what happened is they came back and said, well, we'd have to do that for everybody. And, you know, in all fairness to Vic Braden, you know, and, you know, John Imbram, you know, he, I know he, 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 like most people, he didn't know Vic Braden tennis, but he knew Vic Braden, the man, and he knew Melody. So, you know, really, really nice guy, but um, you know, I'm not putting words in his mouth. Vic Braden is not everybody. And it's, uh, but it's, it's the information. It's like Braden said, you know, Newton and Galileo were here before us um, mm-hmm. with um, I just think you have one more paragraph to read and yeah, then we'll be thing, done with this. Yeah. One more thing to end off my um, document here. If you read thus far, you certainly care about tennis and realize GBTE is far more than Steve Smith's stuff. Please consider donating $10 monthly to GBTE. Actually any amount will help. Just go to www.greatbasetennis.com and push the donate button. Please tell your tennis friends about our free content. Please help GBTE find a chief sponsor. The money needed is not exorbitant. Again, thank you for your time. Closing comments, guys, and we can wrap it up. Dave, any closing comments? Well, I think it's all of us that uh, that benefited from it. I mean, 10 bucks a month. Um, that's, that's just not much to most of us. And I think just, you know, to do it all at once or do it once a month, if you're like me, you forget to, uh, do things sometimes. And, you know, it, it's just a matter of doing the right thing really for all of us that have been influenced by it in any way. And, uh, um, you know, we all need to initially everybody that's inside of the circle uh, of influence already i think we all need to to step up and go from there and hopefully ripple outward and um you know i know it i know that it'll be just a matter of time until there is sponsorship of some sort and and the the proper administration you know is able to be there ivan yvonne i i feel your pain 48k Tylee and I work for uh, <laughs> 700 and $750 a month. Um, you were overpaid, huh? <laughs> yeah. Similar. I think I was actually not even supposed to be on staff. I'm not sure I had my degree completed, but anyways, it all worked out. 
Um, I had to go back and take a CPR course or something. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's a great cause and Mm -hmm. it's a cause that can help a lot of kids. And, um, I hope that some people that are listening to this can, uh, find a way to, to make it happen in their world. And I mean, if we just keep rippling outward, you know, I think that's the key. I think with, uh, the story on the degree is, yeah, I was not one to be light because we were considered at this two-year curriculum for tennis teachers, underwater basket weaving, like this is going to be easy. And so I went out of my way to make it difficult. So with, uh, I wasn't letting people substitute a course or take it some, you know, I, I had the power of the pen and someone transferred a credit in and it's like, oh, you know, could this substitute for that? So it worked out with Dave is that he had to come back another semester. And I was just thinking, you know, the longer they were there, the better. And, you know, I was in a position, you know, they were, the job placement was like, Right, way up close to 100%. And so I remember um, Mike Carter, who's been a guest and he's a good friend of Dave's and mine. And um, he had to go home because of his father's death and you know, spend time with his mother. And so he had to leave in the middle of a semester. So I was allowed to have, because Carter was doing many things, but one was teaching stringing. I think we had six, eight, you know, tabletop stringers and trying to teach 100 people to string used to buy that way back when 500 wooden rackets. It was great for the PE classes and just teaching people how to string because that's so important as far as an entry-level job. So short story long, long story short, um, with I've got um, the person who came into string, he had not completed the program. He had to at least have an associate degree to be a lab instructor. And that's what they were paid, you know, peanuts, $750 a semester. And, um, anyway, I, I knew I was going to get a reprimand, but I knew the person I was working for at that time would not read the application. So David hadn't completed the degree, but I just knew, you know, it really goes back to your upbringing in North Dakota, your parents is that when he came in, obviously he had the, the personality to coach and the voice and, you know, young, very young guy, obviously, but just was there to get the information. But yeah, I remember that. But we then those that were there who got a chance to work in the program, they just knew the longer the better. Just, and that's you know, it's people just aren't really prepared. But a thousand people, I know some people would be laughing at that. You know, we have twenty eight people that have signed up. Some people have um, donated some money. Yeah, yeah. One time donations have. Um, I don't have the number to find me, but I'd say every fifth one is a reoccurring donation monthly. The other four would be just one time donations. Um, again, just to www.greatbasetense.com is a donate button, uh, many options. Yeah, I just think $10 is uh, it's pretty fair to ask for per month. And But to have just to, have, to aspire, say, well, if we had 1,000 on a roster, okay, maybe we'd be the smallest tennis teaching organization, but not, not aspire to be the smallest, but aspire to be the best. Mm-hmm. And, um, but no, I appreciate you uh, being in on this because certainly you lived it in that, um, you know, at the, for the longest time, I ran a program with my name on it, Tennis Smith School. And um, the term ten, Tennis Smith, well, okay, the goldsmith, the silversmith, the blacksmith, and the idea that, okay, a craftsman, but I, I, I dropped that because, you know, Tennis Smith had too much ego in it. Uh, so, and Richard Hernandez, who I uh, communicated with just today, he's the one who said to me, 
you know, umpteen years ago, tennis needs a great base initiative. And, you know, Andy Fitzell would say, well, we don't need to be pigeonholed like we're only for beginners. But I, I would say that that's the neglected, the most neglected group. Uh, it's amazing how people they just don't want to teach beginners. Well, one, they don't know how. They don't know how. <laughs> they, they have no clue. And it really, um, it's so easy to masquerade. So brother, one of my brothers used to use that word all the time. You know, they're, they're an imposter. They can just masquerade in their profession. You know, if you're doing some things, like if you're an accountant, I always tell accountants, you know, you can't, you can't say, oh yeah, this is, the money's in the account. This is the way it's working. But you can definitely masquerade as a tennis teacher. You can really be pretentious. You know, Rocky one, are you a pretender or are you a contender? Um, but anything else, guys? For the betterment of tennis. No, it's- yeah, thanks. It's been good. I hope people got something out of it. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for supporting the great base. And Dave, thanks for your time. Listeners, thanks for listening. And another podcast in the books. We'll get back to you. Okay, Yvonne. Thank you. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.